Welcome back to Pastor Life Podcast from Pinnacle Leadership Associates. I'm Rhonda Blevins, Pinnacle Associate and Pastor of Chapel by the Sea in Clearwater Beach, Florida. And I'm David Brown, Pinnacle Associate and Pastor of the Welcome Table in Rock Hill, South Carolina. We're recording this episode on April the 20th, and today we welcome to Pastor Life Podcast our friend and our Pinnacle Leadership Associates colleague, Reverend Eric Spivey. Reverend Dr. Eric Spivey. <laughs> yeah, shouldn't leave out that part, right? That's right. That's a hard-earned, uh, as both of us know already, That's right? right. <laughs> well, Dr. Eric Spivey has served as a senior pastor of several churches. We're probably going to hear a little bit about that journey. Um, he's been an associate pastor. He's been a missionary. He received his D-Men from Gardner-Webb Seminary. And like me, he received his MDiv from Southwestern. Baptist Theological Seminary uh, back when we were proud to uh, admit that. (laughs) So Eric joins us today and we're excited to hear about a really interesting topic. Yeah, you know, because of the way that we do things at Pinnacle and so much of our ministry, so much of the work that we do is virtual when we're interacting with pastors and churches and consulting and coaching, all of that, there really aren't that many times that our Pinnacle Associates have all been in the same room physically. And I'll just say that the the couple of times that we've been able to do that, I've really appreciated Eric and the both the, the way he approaches ministry, but just his warmth and personality. And I really have valued a lot of the things that I've heard and watched and learned from him. And so I, I know that he's going to teach us something that we don't know, and we're going to learn something today, Rhonda. Yeah, yeah, I share that same uh, appreciation of Eric and, and who he is and his personality. And so today we've invited Eric to join us on season four of Pastor Life Podcast to teach us something we don't know. And so Eric is here today to offer insights about leaving well. And I think I'm not giving too much away to say that Eric's going to be back for the next episode to teach us about starting well. So a two-parter, and Eric has, I'm sure, lots of good stuff to say and to teach us about leaving well and then later on about starting well. That's right. So let's welcome to the pod today, Reverend Dr. Eric Spivey. Hello. Hey, Eric, it's so good to have you here. And uh, I guess, is there anything you would add to that introduction that that Rhonda so uh, professionally gave? Well, I want to say that I gave you all lots of things that I know that for us to talk about that y'all didn't choose. I, I, I thought maybe juggling or balloon tying was going to be what you chose for us to talk about today. But um, instead, we'll talk about transitions and pastorates. So that's, that's, that's just as fun. Well, I do know how to juggle. So um, now the balloon tying thing, I guess that's one of those island missionary things, right? Exactly. You can't be a resort missionary without knowing how to tie balloons. So we've, 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 we've passed that one. I'm feeling really inferior because I can't juggle. <laughs> First time I've ever felt that way about juggling. <laughs> Let's just say you don't want to learn to juggle with rocks which is how I learned it in my living room. So um, I didn't didn't have a lot of uh, great experience with my mother related to that, but it, I did learn to juggle. So there you go. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on the pod today to teach us something we don't know. And uh, we may know a little something about this, but it's not as recent as what you know about what we're going to be talking about. And that's 
about leaving well. And like David mentioned, you're, you'll do our next session with us about beginning or uh, starting well. But today we're focused on leaving well. And so uh, let's kind of start off the conversation about um, just asking, why is this on your mind, Eric? Well, let's just say I am in the middle of all of this. So uh, I am uh, in the, the middle of a transition. Um, on Palm Sunday, I said goodbye to my church at First Baptist Church, Gainesville, Florida, um, after a, a little over a three-year ministry, a wonderful, wonderful congregation that has blessed me and loved me and have, we've done some wonderful ministry together. And then one week later on Easter Sunday, um, I said hello to my new congregation at Vestavia Hills Baptist Church in Birmingham, Alabama. And now I am back I'm in Gainesville getting ready to move. So I am in this, this great, strange, wonderful place of knowing and living all of these ideas right now. Yeah, so you're right in the thick of it. And this, I would imagine, is going to have some very personal reflections on leaving well and also sort of professionally, what does it look like to, to leave well? So maybe where would you start in teaching us about leaving well? The first thing I would say is I hate to move. Um, I mean, it, it just, I mean, I, I hate it. And um, uh, I did, but I didn't realize when I first came here to Gainesville, I was, I did an introductory shop talk for, for Rotary. And, you know, in Gainesville is a, is a football SEC town. They're the home of the Gators, University of Florida. And um, it wasn't until I was doing my, my talk for them that I realized how many SEC states I have lived in, and from um, Texas to Tennessee, Georgia, Alabama, South Carolina, and now Florida. And um, I never planned to move so much. That wasn't ever a plan, a kind of a, in my, my mind, this is how my ministry would go. But I always had the sense that I would sort of follow where the Lord leads, and, and, I would, and that my calling has evolved from there. And so, you know, when we moved from um, Fort Worth to South Carolina, um, Rhonda and I were out at Southwestern together and got out as we could. Um, but I moved to South Carolina to start a new job on the coast in Beaufort. And I moved with a six-week-old daughter. My wife left her job in a very fulfilling job in, um, in Texas, and I started a brand new job in Texas. And we had the very worst transition experience. I mean, it, we, we, it just lingered and lingered and lingered and it was just hard. And, um, and, there, and what I realized is I had read during my CPE years, um, Edwin Freeman's book, Generation to Generation, where he talks all about family systems. And he talks in there a lot about um, how transitions blow up homeostasis and how the different transitions in our life just throw us into this um, uncertainty of life. And that he, and for him, he said it takes usually about a year for those transitions to, that once you break the homeostasis and move into the transition, whether it's a new job, a new, the death of someone, a new baby, whatever, a new move, that it takes about a year before you feel like you're back on steady footing. And, and so that move to South Carolina really sort of helped to, um, helped me to frame and learn a lot about this process of how to transition and what to do about it in your own with your own stuff. And then over the years, um, have also learned some specific things related to 
um, how to say goodbye professionally to congregations. Because when you're moving, you're doing two things. You're, 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 you've got your own stuff that you're working with, your own, your family, your own, um, the, 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 the feeling of not being um, in places that you under, where you know everything and, and feel certain about things and those kind of things. And then you also have the process of caring for your congregations that you're both moving from and moving to. And so those, I think those are all happening all at the same time. Um, and so, but it, I think we can talk a little bit about how do we say goodbye um, to a congregation specifically. How do you know when it's time to leave? I mean, other than getting a pink slip <laughs> right. placed on your desk, how do you, you know, what's been your discernment process? For us, um, we've, we've had it happen in two different ways, uh, maybe three different ways. Um, when we were in South Carolina um, in Beaufort, I was the associate pastor of the Baptist Church of Beaufort. And, um, and I had a very specific evolution in my calling when I was there. And I, I, I never had wanted to be a senior pastor. I didn't, I, my dad had been a senior pastor and I had said all my career that I was just, this, this, God could do a lot of other things for me, but and it wasn't going to be a, a senior pastor. And then I had a very specific calling that said, this is the next evolution in your ministry and your journey. This is what I want you to do. Um, and, and so it took me three years um, after that, before we finally um, made the shift to a um, to a congregation that um, as, as senior pastor, we moved from there to um, to Georgia and at, in, in, the, in the mountains in Cornelia. And in that in that space, it was just knowing this is where I'm supposed to be being, you know, being affirmed by my church and knowing that, they, that they've seen that same kind of calling in me. And it was and it was positive all the way around. We, you know, the church in, in South Carolina knew where, that we were heading there. My the, um, the senior pastor was, was supportive of helping me find that that role, and so it was just a lot of blessing to finally ha- to to know this what you're called to do and finally be able to do it. And so that was just a really a wonderful experience in that way. In Georgia, I really felt like um, it was not a, an evolution in calling of new ministry. Although I, I did have a sense of, I did have a, a place in Georgia where I just said, am I, am I still called? I knew things were changing in my ministry. Um, I, I talk about it. I feel like the waters were stirring. You know, for a long time in that ministry, we everything, I knew where I was supposed to be. I knew and I, a ministry was going smoothly. And then at some point, I just, I felt God stirring. And I had to, and I began to ask, okay, am I still called to be a senior pastor? Is this, and I did some work with my coach. Um, that I was using, I said, "Is is this what I'm supposed to be and do?" And I, and I got a real a real sense to know this is what you're supposed to who you're supposed to, who you are and what you're supposed to do. And then it was okay. Well, am I supposed to stay here or am I supposed to? Am I, is there something else I'm supposed to go to? And that's kind of how we um, how I just sort of left it with the Lord. Am I going to stay for another five year another five years, Lord? And, and if I'm or and if I'm so, make that really clear to me. And if I'm supposed to leave, I want you to make that clear to me. And um, and it was and it became clear that it was a good it was a time for us to make a transition as our girls were transitioning out of um, college and, and high school. And we felt like that was it was a good time. And that's how we made it here in, in Florida. And then in this scenario, as I was told my church, um, I moved. I mean, moving to Florida was really hard. We might, we might talk about some of that process in, in here and just just on a personal level of just moving stuff in our lives. And, um, and I just said, I never want to do this again. I'm, I'm, I'm moving here to, I'm moving here to retire. I'm, I'm in my, in our planning. We said, this is where we're going to be. 
and then we had some folks. We Vestavia Hills Baptist Church is the church that ordained me in 1991. We've is as close to a home church uh, where I've stayed connected over the years, and we've got a, a good number of, of really deep friends that that are they're part of the church. And they, uh, when they were looking for a pastor, asked me to just consider it. And so we just it was just a a small put your toe in to the process of Lord, if this is where you want us to be, show us the way. And um, what has happened is it's just been clear over and over and over again as doors have, have just continued to be open that this this was the right the right place. And as I told my church in Gainesville, I never wanted I never had planned to leave. There was nothing driving me away from here. It was just that the Lord just said, "This is where I need you to be." And so we've we've tried to just to be on, to honor that in the process. Eric, I think that's really helpful just to have walked through those three different ways of feeling compelled or called uh, to a new chapter in ministry. I can remember really early on in the first church that I served in Greenville, South Carolina, that Hardy Clemens, uh, who was at that point retired from First Baptist in Greenville, called me up one day and said, let's go have lunch. And as a part of that conversation, he said something that has stuck with me he said, David, you know, through the course of my ministry, I've always tried to lean in toward where I am and to be open to God moving me away. So, you know, that idea of being compelled by God, but but for you in three very different ways, right, um, from one place of service to another, I, I think that's super helpful just as people think about their own journey of calling and their own understanding of what that means and looks like. So once you've felt that stirring, uh, once you have made the the decision through a process of discernment to 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 leave your current place of ministry, what does that set off in your mind and your actions? You know, in terms of what you've called saying goodbye well or leaving well. And now, you know, this is very much a Baptist world that I live in. And so, I mean, I know that um, you've got a variety of pastors that listen. And so they, every um, denomination and, and group has a has a different way that they that they go through this. And so this is a very Baptist um, description of what, of what we do. Um, and so for me, it was a, a, a continual process of just of just saying, we're going to just go through this process with the church um, in Alabama and we'll see where the Lord leads. And then once they say, yes, the power shifts and we have to go, okay, is this really where we want to go? Is it, Lord, is this, you know, is this, is this what you have for us? And we had to, and we had to come to a place of saying yes. And once we did, um, for us, it was coming to a, um, Baptists have a call weekend. And so the, the, the Baptist congregation, the people have the final say in who um, they elect as their pastor. And so um, if there's, that's, that makes for a very interesting process that um, for Baptist um, pastors, because I'm having to coordinate a call weekend that I'm away from my church in Florida um, and with my church in, in, um, in Alabama, and I have to not tell my church in Florida where I am because I can't tell them yet because I really am not hired until um, the church votes on that Sunday afternoon um, after they after I have um, after I've preached. And so that's 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 probably one of the hardest parts of this process, because um, you're not telling people lies, but you're not telling the whole story, partly because you want to protect them and protect yourself as well. And so 
So there are a couple of pieces I think that were very important for me at this at this stage of this. And one is making sure that I have the opportunity to tell my church in Gainesville what's going on um, that I, that I'm leaving. That was important. That's a uh, that value is is really important, and that and especially in a day when when there's so much social media and electronics. And this is my first move with when all churches are. Um, video, I mean, are live streaming their services and those kind of things. And so um, we really worked hard to sort of control how much information got out and how it went out and the process it got out. And so in um, at Vestavia, you know, they sent um, my name out to the church probably just a few days before um, I showed up on a Saturday to meet them. Um, it was very limited information. Um, but and then they asked them just to keep that information quiet. We um, the 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 deeper parts of my my resume were were given out by hand on the Saturday uh, the Saturday beforehand rather than emailed to all of them. Um, that was one way of kind of con- trying to control that of just trying to because it's easier to to eat, to forward something than it is to scan it and send it out to someone. Um, so we we did it that way. And and the fo- and, and with the knowledge of to the to the church we were moving to saying please just um, keep this information quiet as long as you can. So that was that was a, a to kind of going into that weekend is just trying to um, control the information um, that gets out and trying to limit how um, how it can be distributed. Um, and then on the the Sunday of my call weekend. Um, we the church did, recorded the service, but they did not live stream the service. That was another way that we protected that the story. I just mm-hmm. the thought of you know someone in Gainesville seeing you know seeing catching on a, a, a Facebook post of me preaching in Vestavia was just you know horrendous idea to me that that that, that could happen. And so really was just trying to to manage that some. And so once the church voted, it was it's, it's the strangest feelings because you have this really high and holy moment and you are just on the, the, the high of what God has just done. And then I go back to the hotel and I have to start having to make some of the hardest, hardest phone calls that I have to make. And it just is hard. And so um, for me, I started with the, my church leadership. I started with my church administrator. Um, and uh, my deacon, Pat, my deacon leader, and my personnel, and just the same where I've been, what's going on, and what's happening, and um, and just knowing that now I'm breaking, you know, now I'm beginning to break everything of, of where I have been, you know, everything state, you know, settled when you're there, but once you make those phone calls, it all breaks and everything changes, and so um, we asked the congregation in Vestavia to give me until Tuesday at noon before they shared anything on social media, before they did anything publicly related to my move. And I did the same thing with my children and and others as well um, to help just once again, to try to make sure I had a chance to tell people as it means so much to me um, in in person as much as I could. So I'm I'm, on Monday morning. I met with um, those same office. I I, I told them, so I gave them on, 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 um, on Sunday so they could all sort of, know what's going on and kind of get their minds around it. And then on Saturday, on Monday morning, we sort of sat down together by Zoom and we just sort of mapped out how my closing would go. Um, we mapped out what, what day, what would be my last Sunday, you know, just some of the details related to helping them now begin their their transition. 
Um, and so just the working without some of the, just the personnel elements of, of saying goodbye. And I needed all that information because I couldn't decide all of that on my own. I needed that, especially knowing leaving a congregation that I love so much, I wanted them to have a chance to, to, to help control that and how, and how I could help them as much as I could. I couldn't not go but I could help them as much as I can. And we ended up staying one extra. I mean, the, the idea of, I said before I left on Palm Sunday, it was my last Sunday. That wasn't my plan. That, But the church wanted me to stay longer. And I, I told them I couldn't stay to Easter. I needed to, I thought Easter was a, was a better Sunday to say hello than to good, goodbye. And it could be done for both, for both churches. And so, um, and so they asked me to stay through Palm Sunday and it was a really beautiful service that way. That Monday after the call was just, uh, I felt like I was telling people all day that someone had died. It was just really, really hard. And you're doing that over and over. So you started with your staff um, and dealing with their their emotions. Um, and then I made sure that I, uh, I had a, a variety of folks, leaders within the church that I wanted to make sure I told in person. And so I was just driving all over Gainesville um, throughout the afternoon and evening. And I had... Um, crafted a, a, a resignation letter that explained a little bit about why I was moving. That is that this was in kind of what I've already told to you. This wasn't anything we had planned, um, but God showed up in a way we had not expected. Here's some, here's some incredible um, connections we have with this particular church in Alabama and kind of got some, you know, and then kind of filled in some of the transition elements related to um, when my, when I'm going to be leaving some of those just just those concrete details that people need, and um, work with my person, the personnel, and the deacon chair to get all of that right. And then we sent that um, on Tuesday um, as a mass email to the entire church. And I also made sure that we send that um, as a as a physical letter as well, so that no one was getting you know, everyone could get the everyone could get firsthand information from me what was going on and, and why we were, um, and, 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 and kind of my information about what was happening and this, and I was really excited. We, we were able to be able to get through that weekend. And I think being able to tell the congregation myself, both individually leadership wise, and then, and then in my own letter, why we were making the transition, what was going on, all was really, really valuable. Well, Eric, that sounds like a really well-planned out and thought-through transition, leaving a church that you love and people that you love. Have you ever, well, let me just say this way, I've I've left um, churches that I've loved and I've left churches in other places that I, I just need to get out of there. <laughs> and have you ever had that situation where you were leaving a situation that had grown toxic or, or at least uh, not pleasant. And, um, how, you know, do you have tips for leaving well in those kind of situations? I wouldn't say I left, I've left where things were toxic and everyone's just really ready to say, to get, to be departed. Um, I will say that my, you know, there are some different things in my leaving from Georgia after nine years and leaving, um, Gainesville here after three years. Um, um, I mean, here, you know, I had to just let people have their own emotions. I mean, there, there are, there are people, I mean, the, the, the common words were a uh, bittersweet. We hate that. We hate to lose you, but we understand why you're leaving. And I, but there also were some folks who I never heard that I had close relationships with that never, that, that really haven't, that never just spoke to me during at all during the transition. 
and didn't show up for my last Sunday and just weren't there. And so I know that they've got their own emotions and I'm, I'm hopeful that um, those relationships build um, and in time build back. But I, you know, at, I think part of transitioning is you have to allow folks to be there to have, you know, I've, you're, you're making your own decisions or whoever's making your own decisions, you know, as you're in your family and you're having to you recognize that that decision, that's the hardest part about being a pastor is you're making this decision and you know how many people it impacts. It just, it impacts a lot of people. It impacts a, a, an institution. It impacts um, individuals and their families. I mean, it's just, it, it, you're putting a lot of folks into this kind of idea of transition. And so, um, I've just allowed people to just to have their have their own emotions about it and allow it and and just be okay with that and not feel like I've got to manage that. Um, I'd also say I think that allowing the church, um, I've offered to in both churches that I've left um, and moved from that to provide as much help as I can. Um, in my church in Georgia, they didn't need my help, and they I I, I gave them offer you know I kind of provided. Here are some people you can call. Here are some things that can happen. And I wasn't involved in any of that transition. And so they managed that on their own and they worked and they worked through that on their own. Um, here in Gainesville, they were much more interested about helping. I have been a much more engaged in um, helping them through each step of the process of um, and the, here they found a transition pastor who started on Easter, staying for the next um, for a couple of months while they while they worked through the interim pastor proce- um, process, interim pastor search committee process, um, helping with a few other transition pieces. And so, I think just being open to allowing the church to helping the church where the church can, because really once you say goodbye, once once you say once you've made that first phone call on that Sunday of saying, "Hey, I'm not this is this is position I've just accepted." Um, your power changes within the within the organization. It's just it's just completely different, and you and you just got to acknowledge it and and receive whatever and and so you're just then providing whatever they can whatever they need from you. I'm providing, and um, I think trying to control the narrative I've, I've, is I think really really hard. Trying to control who gets on search committees, who gets I think that doesn't really help you or the church very much. Um, and then as far as just toxic or, you know, leaving Rhonda, I would just simply say, I think that's, you know, when, when you're in those situations, there are still relationships that you want to try to um, um, leave well and allowing and allowing those relations and finding ways to let those relationships to transition from pastor and um, congregant to friend to friend. That happens. I think that happens in all churches. But especially when you you know that's how that that's trying to find where the where guys at work in this even even when there's some, been some really negative things taking place. Yeah, I wonder, and I know you've already kind of mentioned that this is a very Baptist model for the call process and moving from one place to another. And one of the things about the Baptist system is there isn't a lot of guidance from the denominational level. Whereas I know in many denominational contexts, there are specific rules and guidelines for engaging with the parishioners that you're leaving and creating appropriate boundaries, et cetera. And we don't necessarily have that in the Baptist tradition, but have you found certain practices helpful 
in redefining that relationship as you've moved on from one church to another in terms of interaction, social media, contacting, creating a, a new way of being friends with somebody who you're no longer pastor to in, in a way that that sort of protects and honors the, the pastor who's coming in behind you at the former place? I think it's a really great um, process of being able to try to just affirm some good boundaries you know, one of the titles I use is Pastor Eric. So part of that is moving from being Pastor Eric to just being Eric in some of those situations and, and allowing that to go from a pastoral role to a friendship role. And that happens not with everyone, but with but with it, it does happen with some. Um, you know, I, I would say, you know, one of the, the weirdest parts of this transition, I think, is just different even even than from three years ago, is just helping to manage your social media um, framework of what you say on social media after, uh, you know, after I told the church in, in Gainesville that we were leaving and it was, became a, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, the church in Alabama is telling people that I'm their new pastor. And, and this is a change in our lives that is important to acknowledge, but we were really careful in how we framed that conversation. I did not want to make it look like we're just so happy to leave Gainesville. Look, look where we're going and look at all the great things that are taking place because I was just very aware that uh, my transition, while well, there's, there, it is bittersweet. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about what's about to take place, but I am really sad about leaving the people that I love here. And we've had a wonderful um, pastoral relationship and it's just been an incredible church for me and for my family. We've done great things. And so um, it's it's trying it's trying to find that balance of conversation, or trying to find a balance of just of knowledge with not a lot of emotion connected to it. I wonder as we kind of come to our close of this episode, I know you're going to join us for our next one as well. Are there any final words that you have for pastors? Any particular takeaways from this conversation about leaving well that you'd like to leave in the hands of our listeners today? I think as you leave. Um, trying to be, I, I thought two words that kind of came to my mind as I was thinking about that is one is be kind, just be kind to the people that have loved you and allowed you to be their pastor. And, 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 and I think when you think about being kind, it helps you think about their emotions, their feelings during this, and it helps you frame things like social media and how you, and how you communicate this to both to them as well as to, um, in, on a broader world and generous. I mean, I think that, um, giving of yourself in a ways that they, they, they're open to as you're making that, that departure. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't cost you a lot to be kind and generous, but I think it goes a long way of helping to say goodbye. Well, thanks Eric. Kind and generous. Uh, keep those in front of us as we think about leaving. Well, thanks so much for this part one to the conversation and for sharing your personal experience and, and your wisdom and, for teaching me and Rhonda something that that we don't know or that we certainly didn't know at the depth that we do now. So thanks, Eric. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Well, that's it for this episode of Pastor Life Podcast from Pinnacle Leadership Associates. You can find contact information for David, for me, and for Reverend Dr. Eric Spivey, as well as session notes from this episode at pinlead.com. That's P-I-N-N-L-E-A-D.com. Well, a great conversation today in this series about teaching us something we don't know. Pastors who are listening in, I hope you will take something away with you this week. 
and may you experience God's blessing wherever the pastor life leads you this week.